Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mmm, and welcome to... A new episode of Homo Sapiens. Hello, listeners. How are you? Welcome to Homo Sapiens. Welcome to Homo Sapiens Extra, I should say. I'm opening up my laptop as I speak to you, and I've accidentally clicked install software update. That's bad, because what I'm meant to be opening is the file that has all your emails in, because we've got stuff to talk about this week. Your stories about discrimination on online dating apps because it is a problem people and it needs to be spoken about more so let's hope please don't shut down please don't shut down hopefully i can intervene and enable us to be able to talk otherwise i'll just have to tell you all the stories of me being on grinder hmm nobody wants to hear that stuff it's also laundry day in the sweeney household i have been filming in the australian outback a pure delight it is thousands and thousands of miles of red dust. This much you know. New news is I'm back. I'm back in the city of Adelaide. As I talk to you, I'm sitting here with about 400 candles lit around me. It's a beautiful evening. Candles are all lit around me. A bit like being in a seance. A seance with an extra potentially scary edge because the heat of the outback, or the aridness of the outback, I should say, because it's actually freezing, dries your skin out beyond all belief. So I come to you listeners with a face pack on, one of those white pieces of paper that are soaked with liquid, and they moisturise your face. And so I've got one of those on. I honestly have aged 40 years in the six months I've been here. The environment is very, very harsh on your skin. Anyway, so this is a Hydrating Plus face mask. Natural fibre sheet mask. Mask en tissu de fibre naturelle. Hydrates. Thank God. Revives. Thank God. Glow. Thank the Lord. You better deliver. Because at the moment my face is sort of like a, a crumpled raisin. Anyway, so I've got the mask on. I'll do a picture for you. It's got to be on for 20 minutes. So I've set my timer. And as I peel off... Oh, no, the fucking computer's restarting. Oh, dear. Yes, what will happen in 20 minutes or whenever the timer goes off, however long it's left, what I'm imagining will happen is I will simply peel away this face mask and I will look like Tom Daly underneath. If anyone can see any problems with that, let me know, but I can't see it going wrong. Oh, hello, what's happening? Oh, computer's restarting now picture of me and my husband on our wedding day is my screensaver. Such a lovely picture taken by my friend Jim. It's been on there since I got married. That's been the screensaver, which is, I got married five years ago. The date of our wedding is engraved in my ring. Tactically quite clever. You never miss your anniversary. You just have to look on your finger. Like, oh, there we go. Um, oh God, I actually cannot remember. What is it? I think it's 26th of August. 2016? Pulling ring off. 26.8.15. Did I really get married in 2015? Six years ago. 26.8. Hmm. Ah, time flies when you're having fun. Now, let's put in my password. Homo sapiens123. That's a joke. Um, let's open up the computer. Let's get to your emails. Let's get to your voice notes. Let's get to Homo Sapiens Extra. Let me refresh your memory. What is Homo Sapiens Extra, Chris? For God's sake, it can't just be you talking about face masks. Well, you are correct. It is not. Homo Sapiens Extra is all about you listeners. It's where we read your emails. It's where we read your feedback. 
It's where we do a bit of LGBTQ plus news and we do Topic of the Week where we talk about a topic that's relevant to the queer community. We do Culture Club where we hear about what you guys have been listening to, what you've been reading, what you've been eating, all your culture you've been vulturing. And we also give away a t-shirt on occasion. Now, I'm going to break with tradition and I'm going to give away a t-shirt at the top of the show. Wow, Chris. You're crazy, they say. Let's go to the reviews. First one I'm going to read is Obsessed from This is Michael ISD. I love this podcast. If you are LGBTIQ plus and not following, you are missing out. Very interesting topics surrounding and or affecting the community with very inspiring and empowering guests. It's lighthearted and always uplifting. Thank you, this is Michael. Lovely review. Next one from R.A. Lloyd, Raloid 1. Alok, which was our interview with Alok Mvade Menon a couple of weeks ago. Amazing, amazing, amazing chat. Please go listening. I'm so upset that I'll never get to listen to the Alok Vade Menon's episode for the first time again. Spec bloody-tacular. Oh, thanks. And then the third one. A Cuddle from Christopher in My Pocket by Kev J. Patty. Where to begin with this heavenly, insightful, educating and very important podcast? Stop it, Kev! Well, I've been a fan for a lovingly long time. Now, after discovering it about three years ago... We love the founder members. After I relocated from London to the famously not very queer Middle East for a short stint of work. Sounds like it's been a longer one. This podcast was a delightful discovery that I didn't realise I needed in my stratosphere of a gay shame-filled brain. And it quickly became my go-to source for a sprinkle of home familiarities while far from home in a world where my mere gay existence was illegal. And so I was forced begrudgingly back into the closet, back into the closet, after a long, sunny ten years since I came bursting out of it. This comforting cuddle of a podcast soon developed into a larger and much-needed necessary crutch of support. Since then, I have moved back to my homeland of Scotland, started a thriving business pre-lockdown, and I still revel at the thought of a new episode on a Thursday. You've gone back to Scotland, that's amazing. you got a new business. Congratulations. Wow, starting a new business before coronavirus. Amazing that you've survived. Congratulations. I'm now baking up a storm in my new role as a cafe owner. Oh, my God. And Christopher, you've really been making me chuckle lately with your hilarious little stories and tangents you veer off into whilst recording on your own. Oh, well, thanks. It's probably because I'm slowly going mad on my own. It's little moments of magic that have been making me smile a lot lately, and it's just what I needed. Thank you and to Alan and Will back in the day for being such wonderfully wise and witty souls, lots of love, K kiss. Oh, well, we've got to pick a winner there. Mm, I'm going to go with Kev J. Patty. One, you said nice things about me. I'm only human. And secondly, we helped you when you had to go back in the closet. And that is a really, I mean, amazing thing. So Kev, we need to get you a t-shirt. Could you write into hello at homosapienspodcast.com? Write in and tell me your size and I'll get you a t-shirt. I have no idea where they are. I think the wonderful Katie who works on the podcast knows where they are. I'll come back to you on that one. Leave that one with me. That's a boring detail. Now then, let's read some emails. First of all, what did you think of last week's interview with the wonderful Adam Eli? Loads of lovely comments and messages from you guys on Instagram about the Adam Eli interview. He is love and light itself. Um, and if you missed it, you can always listen again by going to your favourite podcast provider or your second favourite, I Don't Mind, and have a listen. Uh, open up the feed, listen to part one and two. End of story. It will uplift your life, people. Now, let's head to emails. Um, it's really weird because when I talk, because I've got this face mask on, my voice slightly echoes back into my face. I've never had that before. So it's like I'm talking into a seashell. I hope it sounds all right. Any complaints, write to hello at homosapienspodcast.com. We've had lots of you writing in and providing new insights on our previous topics of the week this week. And that has been absolutely great. So we had a message from Liam on Instagram about our friendship episode queer friendship episode which you all loved so thank you pleased i merely i am a merely a conduit for the things that you desire things that you want so when you're happy with content i'm a happy now i need to move my phone away from the thingy because it gets i've got the phone next to the recorder and historically 
that has caused problems. Um, it sends the signal through the through the audio recording, and it goes. We're not that kind of podcast. We are polished quality content. As long as I can get it together now. Email hello says Liam. As per, I loved the last extras app. Liam, thank you. It was only until the last few years when I joined an LGBT choir in Manchester that I have had a strong friendship group of gay men. Also, it's fab as we're all very different ages, backgrounds, careers, etc. But all get on, have lots of laughs, lots of laughs, talk about our issues openly and help support each other. Also, relationship advice. Defo encourages anyone to get involved with something like that, even just virtually at the moment. Thanks, Liam. So anyone in Manchester who's looking to join a choir... Liam, let us know the name of the choir and we'll do, give him a shout out. I would love to know. I went to see the London Gay Men's Chorus uh, in Camden and it was such a beautiful thing to behold, listening to everybody sing together. And I think one of the things that gets up my nose about religion is I think it causes so many problems. That's a really overly basic statement. But I think religion gets very twisted. And actually, I do think part of you know, if you remember church from school, singing together, I had to go and sing in church. And it's actually delightful. You know, singing together as a group, I think is a beautiful primal thing that we should all do more of. I loved watching the gay men's chorus sing. And I love the idea of this choir in Manchester. And I think it's such a lovely way to have something to do as well, like a something to do together, a bonding experience. Did you know, dating-wise, apparently, if you go through an experience with someone, you are like 50% more likely to carry on dating them if you go and do a bungee jump with them or something. Isn't that weird? Um, another listener's written in regarding our discussions of LGBTQ plus storylines on screen. Hi guys, recently discovered the podcast, welcome, and I'm absolutely loving it. As a lover of cinema, I've enjoyed the discussions about how various LGBTQ plus characters over the years have been portrayed. Very interesting, isn't it? Really strikes a chord with people, this conversation. I would love to expand on a couple of points some people have made regarding certain roles portrayals as being problematic, in inverted commas. Air quotes, as Adam Eli said last week, which I loved. I've never said air quotes, it's a good one. Air quotes. Is this simply because the actors were straight or were their portrayals not convincing? Surely it is the job of the writers and directors to ensure an authentic performance. I myself am a director. I am here in my capacity as director as well, perhaps. Are we getting to the stage where LGBTQ plus characters can only be portrayed by LGBTQ plus actors? Scarlett Johansson faced an impressive backlash for being cast in a trans role. This criticism seems to be purely on the basis of her not being trans and not her acting chops we've been seeing similar criticism regarding able-bodied actors playing disabled roles and of course actors portraying characters of different ethnic and racial backgrounds to their own are we getting to the point where actors can only portray characters that are essentially themselves question mark can we even call it acting what would you think of a discussion about those lgbtq plus roles i think the person who's written written in is deliberately saying lgbqt plus I wonder if that's a new way of the acronym that I don't know about. Um, or maybe it's a typo. Uh, what would you think of a discussion about those LGBTQ plus roles played by straight touches that are worthy of praise? Do any performances exist? Anyways, thanks for your time. P.S. Loving the attention you've been giving South Australia. Hashtag Radelaide represent. Oh, I love that. Um, well, thank you for that email. Lots of questions in there. Write in listeners. Tell us what you think. If anything to go by, there'll be strong opinions. There always are. We love your emails, everybody, so please keep in touch. Hello at homosapienspodcast.com or on Instagram at homosapiens or on Facebook at homosapienspodcast. We love to hear from you. Send us your comments. Send us your questions. Now, I think it's time for some LGBTQ plus news. Trans weightlifter Laurel Hubbard is set to make history at the Tokyo Olympics. This is from The Guardian. History and controversy is expected to be made. What a lovely combo. At the Tokyo Olympics this summer, after the transgender weightlifter Laurel Hubbard was effectively guaranteed a place in the women's super heavyweight category to represent New Zealand. It means Hubbard, who won silver at the 2017 World Championships and was sixth after a severe injury in 2019, is almost certain to become the first transgender athlete to compete at an Olympics. However, her selection will sharply divide opinion between those who see it as an enormous step forward for trans athletes 
correct, and others who insist she benefits from an unfair advantage. Under IOC guidelines issued in November 2015, athletes who transition from male to female can compete in the women's category without requiring surgery to remove their testes, provided their total testosterone level in serum is kept below 10 nanomoles per litre for at least 12 months, a rule followed by the IWF. However, a number of scientific papers have recently shown people who have undergone male puberty retain significant advantages in power and strength, even after taking medication to suppress their testosterone levels. Hubbard lived as a male for 35 years and did not compete in international weightlifting, but since transitioning in 2012, she has won several elite titles. In an interview after finishing second in the World Championships in 2017, Hubbard said... The rules that enable me to compete first went into effect in 2003. They are known as the Stockholm Consensus with the IOC, but I think even 10 years ago, the world perhaps wasn't ready for an athlete like myself. And it's perhaps not ready now, but I got the sense that at least people were willing to consider me for these competitions. And it seems like the right time to put the boots on and hit the platform. Well, that's really cool. And massive congratulations to Laurel Hubbard. And, uh, you know... in. Being the first, oh, that's my alarm for the mask to come off. The face mask, the moisture face mask. I think we give it another five. Don't appear to look like Tom, Har- Tom Hardy. I mean, I'd like to look like Tom Hardy. I think that's because I was saying Laurel Hubbard, so I went Laurel Hardy. Um, Tom Daly under here. It's quite funny, I say that to the personal trainer I'm working with. I'm like, I'd like to look like Tom Daly. Very funny watching someone's face sort of contort and try and pull, give you a polite um we're not gonna get there but um yeah having to be the one of the first people means that you are the catalyst and conduit of all kind of arguments over it and i am so hopeful that we will get to a place where we are not having to have these discussions and the trans community can be afforded the same treatment as everybody else and you know, state how they identify and then not have it debated in all corners, including corners like this. This debate will probably rumble on. and It's, it's good. I, what I feel about it is I love seeing some progress in the right direction. It makes me so happy. Now then, let's go on to this week's topic of the week. We're talking about discrimination on dating apps. Have you experienced discrimination on dating apps? It's one of the things that you're, you have often written in about. Um, that's the mask off, the extra five minutes. Is it time for the grand reveal? Let's press stop, please. Okay, I'm sitting opposite a mirror because the whole cupboard in my bedroom is all mirror. Um, yes, I am doing this podcast from bed again. I'm going for the grand reveal. Can you hear? oh my god i'm perfect i'm beautiful again it's like death becomes her when they get their new faces um no noticeable difference we'll be seeking a refund still look exactly the same um i'll give it i'll let it settle in shall i oh it feels quite nice though um also quite nice that there isn't a sort of piece of wet fabric hanging in my mouth anymore as I try to talk to you. What a wonderful broadcaster I am. Now, um, you often talk about problems that you all experience on dating apps. So I thought, let's talk about it. I used to go on Grindr occasionally. Back when, does anyone else remember when there wasn't Tinder, but there was Grindr? And people were so rude about being on Grindr straight cis people let's say were very rude about being on Grindr and it was like oh my god like that's so gay that's such a hookup app cut to they all got tinder they had to eat their words then didn't they I used to not really be very good on Grindr because I think I struggled with being as congruent wow there's a word of sort of being clearly up for sex and the opportunity that people I know or people I work with might see me on there looking for sex anyway as always, I overthought it. Um, and then I used to not put a profile picture on. And then occasionally I would put a profile picture on. And then I'd like, all I could think about is that my profile picture was on there. But this is back in the day. I'm talking 10 years ago or longer, probably. But when I was on there, the no femmes thing was massive. No Asians, no blacks. Like that was on people's profiles a lot. And 
I understand that things have changed for the better, but it's not it's not completely gone away by any means. And just looking down your emails and stuff and messages, that's very clear. I think what's difficult about apps is that you don't think about the fact that there is a person on the other side. Anyway, so we asked you a question. Have you experienced discrimination on dating apps? We did a poll. 55% of you said yes. 45% of you said no. So Ella got in touch she said she's recently come out and started to use dating apps and she's highlighted some of the difficulties she's had so far and her observations of finding a date in a digital space. I've never felt directly discriminated against on dating apps, although I am a cis, white, able-bodied, but I'm not surprised that others sadly are. I think there is something to be said for discrimination towards the LGBTQ plus community as a whole by the dating app industry. Interesting, Ella. I find that the apps with the biggest usership, Tinder, Hinge, etc., are made with heterosexual people in mind primarily and aren't very inclusive in terms of gender options and pronouns, although they are improving. That's good to know. I've also found that cis straight men usually with half-finished profiles and heterosexual couples frequently appear on my dating apps despite me being a lesbian and my preferences being set to women identifying only. And having googled this found that many others have experienced the same issues fascinating the more lgbtq plus tailored apps have high paywalls to get more than basic functions are super glitchy so don't work properly or aren't widely used enough well it's interesting isn't it because it's always a margin like it's a you're in a minority and therefore not as many people use it so not much money is made and then so they just get left by the wayside it's always the problem for all so many sections of the queer community. I know exactly what you're saying, Ella. Um, it would be amazing to find an inclusive app for the LGBTQ plus community without the other problems. Listeners, please write in with your favourite apps. Saying all this, I have been on some great dates and actually a few wonderful friends through them. So that can't all be bad. Thank you so much to everyone at Homo Sapiens for creating this wonderful podcast and community. Ella, that's so kind. I came out a year ago and have struggled to feel part of the community while in the middle of a pandemic. But this has really made me feel seen and heard. Ella! That is just heaven on earth to read. And thank you. And thank you for listening. Thank you for getting in touch. Our second question was, what kind of discrimination did you receive? So here's a summary of what people have had. Rachel, no fatties as a tagline. And men looking for lesbians. What the hell? James had penis size and height discrimination. Oh my God, yeah, because everyone writes their penis size on there. Andrew... Uh, says that being larger framed and being HIV positive is another discrimination. And Emma said, only being able to select one gender that I'm interested in, impossible for bi and pansexual people. That's really interesting. And Matthew said being too hairy. Interesting, you know, because I felt very much on the apps that like, if you were like a, this was the thing I felt, if you were a like really straight acting handsome guy with a really good body that app was for you but if you were like feminine which i am if you were didn't have a great body which i don't those and hairy actually like you had to hide that and i didn't want to hide it but like i felt like that's going to be a point against me and i often saw like there's such a big conversation around people saying that like they find someone on Grindr who is like seems like a really hot straight acting guy which is all crazy toxic but I'm just I'm simply reporting if you know what I mean reporting what I what I heard and then they would meet up with them and the person was actually really camp and that would be a problem like that was a conversation I remember hearing so much 10 years ago and I think it is still a thing I think people are getting much better at not being excluding of people who don't I sort of, you know, fit a very essentially narrow stereotype. But yeah, so other people have said they've seen no Asians written on people's profiles. Loads of shit about being trans here, says someone else. Body shaming, lots of people talking about body shaming here. Someone here has had abusive messages. (gasps) Someone else here says, I'm always too fat anyway once I say I'm not interested. Not slim enough for Grindr. Not berry enough for Growler not fitting in on any app. Well, James, who's written this, I think you look absolutely gorgeous. You'd fit in on any app from where I'm standing. Lots of people getting crap for not being hot enough. I mean, you all look pretty beautiful to me. 
lots of fat phobia. So one person says, fat phobia, being too femme, being weirdly dressed. I think that sounds amazing. I think you sound amazing. I mean, it's sort of, you know, it's it, you sort of, these people self-edit, don't they? Because anyone who's going to behave like that on an app, I mean, you don't want to be with them, but you, we also should not have to be experiencing that. James. James got in touch about the discrimination he's received on the apps as a result of being trans. Quite frankly, I'm uh, not using any at the moment because I found a very lovely person. But in general, being trans, you get so much like weird stuff from people. If you have it on your profile, then you just get, you know, people kind of treat you like a science experiment rather than actually a person. So, you know, you get people kind of asking really sort of inappropriate personal questions off the bat. People making assumptions about how you appear, you know, kind of sort of making really crass comments then, you know, if you don't tell people first off and kind of try to get to know people, you know, the amount of times I thought I had a really good connection with someone and then, you know, you sort of disclose that you're trans and, you know, you're suddenly blocked or they disappear. So, yeah, following on from that, I've definitely had um, periods where, you know, I've kind of been speaking to someone and, you know, kind of not really that interested, but, you know, because they kind of say, oh, yes, I'm okay with that, you sort of, (laughs) you almost feel like you're, you know, you should be so thankful that someone will actually have you that, you know, people get quite angry if you're like, oh, actually, I'm not interested. But I think a big thing is um, probably the fact that, you know, that there's so much anonymity on there and people kind of, you know, they they just sort of forget that they're speaking to real people and it kind of gives you that level of, you know, that they don't realise the impact that what they can say can actually have on someone. Mm, Yes, and, you know, you end up being, James, the conduit for all of that. That shouldn't be happening, and I'm sorry that uh, you've had some not very nice stuff in there, but I'm also equally thrilled to hear that you've met somebody who sounds like things are going really well. And you sound like a wonderful, wonderful person. Ryan on Instagram said, I found that racial discrimination on dating apps has two factors which are not mutually exclusive. Racist exclusion and fetishization, And both come from the objectification of people of colour, especially from porn and societal constructs. I think to deconstruct it, we need to dismantle the hypersexualization of people of colour and the colonisation of our experiences. But this cannot happen overnight. Thank you, Ryan. So true. And Jeremy O'Harris, when we chatted to him, uh, have a look, it's on the feed, as they say, spoke about this, about the fetishization of black bodies, black queer bodies in particular, uh, was the experience Jeremy was talking about. And that's another objectification and talking to people like they're not real people and cruising for your kink and just saying, you know, kind of not treating people like proper humans or with respect in and around race is a real problem. And it was really interesting because we asked if you thought that a dating company is doing enough to tackle this stuff. 96% of you said no. 4% of you said yes which I think is really interesting. Um, And I think a bigger conversation as well, Ryan. I think we should do more on that. So I think we should do a whole episode. Um, Lucas sent us a note on Instagram about the discrimination he's seen around nationality as well. I have to say, in the last year or so, I haven't seen much of the usual grinder racism like no blacks, no Asians. Instead, guys tend to go the other way by specifying what they're into. Interesting. A few days ago, I saw a profile saying number one, UK, number two, Sweden, number three, Brazil. Initially, I thought they were his fave places in the world. But the top three list actually referred to the guys he's into. I guess it's fine to specify who turns you on, whether that's due to their looks or accent. But I feel that this way, guys stop themselves from meeting someone different or surprising, couldn't agree more, and end up meeting someone just because they are French or Polish, etc., I don't know. I find I find that stuff really strange myself because I know it's a big old question that and I know that there would be another argument of people saying when does personal preference become discrimination? And for me, I think that we're not shopping. It's not a supermarket and you're not there with a shopping list. You know, people find certain things attractive, but they're people first, you know, and an app, because it's, it gives you infinite choice, seems to give you this option to be this kind of laser precision, go and get what you want. And I actually think there is, for me, like, I don't think any happiness that way lies because you will infinitely keep chasing this thing. You're never going to find the perfect thing. What you actually have to do is be open minded, compassionate, 
and curious, actually, and inclusive. And I think you would surprise yourself because there's so many thousands of people all milling around on these apps, turning each other down, when actually, if you stop looking for this very specific thing, I think you would surprise yourself by the love and joy you could encounter. It's easy for me to say from my bed with a face mask on, but anyway, it popped into my head. Feel free to disregard anything I say. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I've been working with a lovely man called Shannon lately, and he has quite a specific intonation. He sort of talks like this. He's very sort of, it uh, feels like old English. He sort of talks like this. He's like, we'll go over there, and there will be a thing. And um, I have found myself slipping into his intonation, because when you're filming, you spend all day, every day together, like from 5 a.m. until 7 at night, and then you go back from filming and then you will go you're all staying in the same hotels you will eat dinner together you spend a lot of time together and i love adore shannon um a member of the lgbt community himself in fact other thing that's amazing about him he can tell you no matter who he meets if they say their birthday he will say to them the song that was number one on their birthday can you believe that that's how much he knows about music we've also had paul from wigan i've experienced discrimination on shaming i'm not your typical gay guy size and somebody at one point decided to do a personal attack on me i kept blocking him he kept redoing his profile and i did report it but never heard anything back from the app that i was on um i do feel that reporting it to the app is not great because it's self-managing. I think there should be some sort of external reporting system to find out what actually happens because I'm quite strong myself, but others may not be, and this could end up into a serious situation. Love to you all. Bye now. Paul, that's really intense that happened, and I'm sorry, should not have happened. Um, God, and that person like actually basically reinventing their profile and finding you again not acceptable i want to know who the app was because like you say these these companies are making a lot of money out of their users this applies to all social media as well they need to be you know making sure that they are looking after everybody while they're using these spaces because big things can be said that could really mess with your head and I'm sorry that happened. And anyone else who's experienced stuff like that, write in, let us know. Let's find out what's going on. And interesting that you said I'm not, I think you said I'm not got an, a norm, an average gay body. I think that's really interesting because it's not a gay body. It's a body and it's a body. And I think that the more we continue to see this kind of very narrow representation of what a gay man is specifically which is often has a six-pack not this one paul you sound like an absolute delight and thank you and i'm sorry you had some shit on the apps but you are sound like a beautiful person and you are going to find someone fucking great and if you don't find and also the be all in it it's not the be all and end of finding someone by the way i'm not suggesting that that is the case but Sounds like Paul's are looking. So if anyone would like to take Paul on a date, get in touch. Hello at homosapienspodcast.com. Um, you sound like a catch to me, I tell you. 
And our final question we asked you is, what can be done to tackle the discrimination on dating apps that we are seeing? And then we've got some of your suggestions. So I think it's something that needs to be tackled more widely in the LGBTQ community, says 4JM. I couldn't agree more. Nemo says people need to be kind to each other. Not everyone is the same or likes the same. Honestly, couldn't agree more. Like kindness, kindness, kindness. It's where we actually get to meet in big groups on these apps and we need to be kind and and compassionate to each other. Miss for Miles says don't just delete suspend accounts, block mobile IDs so people can't keep abusing. Uh-huh. Remove the ethnicity option, says Dan P eighty one. Personally I couldn't agree more. I just think it seems so strange to have the ethnicity option. I actually as ever listeners I'm heavily underinformed but I actually thought apps had taken that off now. Um, Nemo says take action and not self-manage cases separate from the apps. Hackers says you should be able to report users and have their accounts blocked. Ishko says use AI to scan profiles for words that are not inclusive and have them removed. Remove categories like race and HIV status. Include options for inclusive language only, says Ishko. GPC London says I think that's a tough one. Education starts at a more basic level from birth. Absolutely representation is everything says john stringer i think they need to become compassionate loving places is what i think which is idealistic of me but now inna has been in touch hi homo sapiens this is inna from denmark and i haven't experienced too much discrimination on dating apps but i have friends who have and i think the problem when it comes to queer people using dating apps is that it's very binary. You enter your man or a woman, and you're interested in men or women, and sometimes both. And I wish there were more options to express your gender and sexuality and what you're interested in. But at the same time, also worried that some people would choose to connect with certain queer people just to be discriminatory. So I'm not sure how it would work uh, in real life, but I really hope that there'll be more mainstream, inclusive dating apps in the future. Yes, and I think mainstream dating apps need to have all of these functions in them so that mainstream people understand that all these people exist, you know. Now, Lee wants to talk about kink shaming. Let's have a listen to that because we actually spoke a little bit about kink with the wonderful Liz Carr on our episode a few weeks back. Anyone who hasn't heard that Liz Carr interview, go and have a listen. Let's have a listen to Lee. Hello, Chris and Alan. Um, I have listened since episode one, and this is actually the first time I've ever commented or sent anything into you guys. So I think the problem with dating apps is that once you're given the option to categorise yourself, you open yourself up to discrimination from other people. Because for every category you fit into, there's going to be people that aren't into that. And I think that the dating apps themselves, like they have the option to report profiles and they can pick up on things and deal with them that way. But ultimately, it's the users that actually go on there and the kindness or hatred they choose to put out there. Because we're never going to be everybody's cup of tea. But if you're not, there are kinder ways to go about it than some people do. And that can also stretch into kink shaming which happens a lot on the apps because we are a broad church everybody is into their own personal thing that they're into if you are not you can politely say sorry that is not my thing but that doesn't always happen yes oh can you hear my thing beeping it's the washing machine the washing machine here beeps loads lee thank you so much for writing in um, it's your first time you've written in. How lovely is that? What a beautifully eloquent message as well. And I think the takeout here is let's all be kinder to each other. Um, it's really not giving up that washing machine, is it? I understand. You're ready. You're done. Daddy's on the phone. So I think the truth of the matter is there's two things that need to happen here. I think one is the apps need to be doing more. But I think also we all collectively can do practice more love, more compassion, more kindness to each other in these spaces. I really hope that that can happen. And I hope that there will be a way forwards where these places 
do become more compassionate. And I think some of your ideas in here about how we can do that are really interesting and absolutely bang on. And I, I think we should do a little roundup. We should revisit this topic and see what's happened, um, see where the progress has been, how things are improving, how they're not improving. It's been a really interesting topic. Thank you for all taking the time to write in and send in your voice notes and stuff. I love hearing your voices, please, always. And Lee, for example, writing in for the first time, please, next time, listener, make it your first time writing in when we do our next topic of the week. Can't remember what it's going to be, actually. Have to decide. I did a wonderful shout-out on Instagram the other day saying what would everyone like to hear, and you did such brilliant replies. So I'm going to put them all up, and then we'll do a vote, and you guys can decide what topics you want. How does that sound? Culture Club. Culture Club is where you tell us what you've all been watching, what you've been listening to, what you've been reading, what you've been eating. What have you been watching? Matthew's been watching Rose Matafeo's Starstruck. Ads has been watching Paris, Texas. Mm, love Paris, Texas. John's been watching Please Like Me on Netflix. He says, underrated, queer and Aussie. You'll love it. Please Like Me, starring, among many other people, Hannah Gadsby. No, who we chatted to. Kelly's been watching I May Destroy You. Oh, I mean, I May Destroy You. It destroyed me with how good it was. Promising Young Women, Oscar winning Promising Young Women, DML Xander has been watching. Fizzbiz has been watching Ammonite, Francis Lee's film. Go and have a listen to our interview with Francis Lee. He directed God's Own Country and now did Ammonite with Saoirse Ronan and Kate Winslet. <laughs> the Cat Planet says has been watching Riverdale. Why are they all like 30? Because Riverdale's set in a high school. That is hysterical. Also, it's just like an American trope, isn't it? How people always, <laughs> everyone in high school is like really old. Like, isn't Greece, isn't like John Travolta like 43 in Greece? Um, Polish nerd, new favourite thing is Shadow and Bone. Ooh, don't know what that is. Jack Rabbit's been watching Just Discovered Superstore on Netflix. they binge watching that. Don't know what that is. Dairy Girls, lots of people watching Dairy Girls. Call the Midwife. Never watched an episode of Call the Midwife, I confess. Oh, another little shout-out I want to do is Peter Tatchell, the amazing activist who we spoke to as one of our first ever episodes. There is a film coming out about him. It's called Hating Peter Tatchell, and it is all about him. And I think Elton John and David Fenish have been involved. Uh, and it's all about his activism, the incredible stuff he's done. So go into the feed and have a listen to our chat with him. He's amazing. And then go and watch the film. It's called Hating Peter Tatchell. It's out in 2021. That's this year. Does anyone else still think it's 2020? I keep talking about 2020 because it feels like 2020 didn't happen. I mean, obviously, it happened in a big way, but uh, it felt um, like there was a pause. Uh, it's a documentary, The Profound Life Story, I'm on IMDb, The Profound Life Story of the Controversial Human Rights Campaigner Whose Provocative Acts of Civil Disobedience Rocked the Establishment, Revolutionised Attitudes to Homosexuality, and Exposed Tyrants in the Fight for Equality. If you listen to our story, uh, the story in the podcast, he tells us about putting Robert Mugabe under citizen's arrest. I have never been so gripped by a story in my life. Uh, so go and have a listen and then have a watch of the film Hating Peter Tatchell. It's got Ian McKellen in it. It's got Stephen Fry in it. It's got Peter Tatchell in it. Um, directed by Christopher Amos. Music wise. Well, I've had a good music week. I love music. It makes me so damn happy. I've been listening to a Spotify playlist called Next Wave Neo Soul, containing singers like Giveon, who I love. Now, NAO, do you know her? Georgia Smith, I mean, just like lovely, soulful, neo-soul music. I can highly recommend it. Just type in Next Wave Neo-Soul into Spotify. I've also done the Homo Sapiens playlist, so when I actually get my act together, I will put it up and you can all have a listen. I'll add music, your music to it, over the coming weeks and I'll put music on there. It'll be a lovely mm, smorgasbord. Matthew and Colin have been listening to Imagine by Ben Platt. Oh, I love Ben Platt's voice. If you Ben Platt's Instagram where he duets with his brother, it's always the most beautiful songs. Ads has been listening to Young Americans by David Bowie. Bowie or Bowie? What's the answer there? Um, Atmos for Miles has been listening to You, Me, Dancing by Los Campesinos. And Lizzie Luxford's been listening to Golden by Catherine Moraz. All sorts. Lots of years and years listening to Ollie from Years and Years is now a solo act, really. Lots of people have been listening to that. Fizzbiz has been listening to Constant Craving by KD Lang. KD Lang, 
how much how, is it possible to love anyone more than I love Katie Lang? Um, Vogue, Madonna, Dream, Sleepwood Mac. I love that you guys are listening to all the classics. Food boys, I've eaten not a lot that I've cooked, i.e., zero. I've been eating schnitties, which is a schnitzel, which is a big thing in the Australian outpack with peppercorn sauce. Delicious with some chips. Delicious. Also gave me intense heartburn. Um, not a lot of vegetables passing my lips, but, um, you know, now I've had that face back. I'm sure it won't affect my skin. You guys, Craven North, has been having a fish pie with a difference in a tomato sauce with a phyllo pastry rather than potato. I just don't know if I can get on board with that, Craven. It sort of upset my world order. If it hasn't got potato on it, then how can it be a fish pie? But I suppose it is. It is. Tara Palmer has been eating lemon drizzle cake. I love lemon drizzle cake. It's also really easy to make, and I love that you pour the liquid over and it soaks in. Tara, please send us your recipe. Kelly Louise Williams has been eating roasted garlic and butternut squash risotto. Delish, she says. Oh, I love a bit of butternut squash risotto. It's one of the few things. I feel like it peps up the rice butternut squash. I could take or leave rice, if I'm honest. Unless it's done nicely like that. Um... Polish nerd has been having poached eggs on toast with bacon, avocado and spinach. Oh, what's your favourite meal of the day? I have to say breakfast is mine. I love breakfast. It's the start of the day. The day is full of possibility. I can have a nice black coffee with some eggs on toast and it all is right with the world. And if I'm sitting with my husband and my dog and it's sunny outside, I go, life is good. John Stringer's just been eating red wine, just as red wine. Well, John, you know what? We all have days like that. You do you, sister. All of you looking for good recommendations, Adam's been in touch with some book recommendations. Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller. Not normally my cup of tea, but it was so beautiful. Memorial Brian Washington, a simple story about a queer relationship. Not much happens, but it's absolutely gripping in the way that it's written. That sounds great. Swimming in the Dark by Tomasz Jadrowski. Really sad story of first love. Oh, no, that's nice. That book is sitting on my whole table where I left it six months ago when I left London. This is still Adam's recommendations. Philippe Besson, Lie With Me. Lots of parallels to Tom Allen stories. Ah, Tom Allen, who we interviewed. Such a great episode. Go back to the feed and have a listen. All about the growing up in the burbs. This is growing up in the suburbs. I've also got that book. I, I'm a serial book buyer. Just struggle to read them. Also read, this is still adam's list what if it's us by becky albertalli the same person who wrote simon's versus the homo sapiens agenda which the film love simon was based on ah good intel lenny has been reading hamlet by maggie o'farrell james has been reading imagine a country by val mcdermott oh cool and jack's been reading dracula's Bram stoker goodness never read that myself what a quiver Please keep sending us your recommendations for film, TV and music and food and literature. I just love reading them. Literally, I feel like I'm filling the stew pot with resources for you all to keep you all busy. Hello at Homo Sapiens Podcast is the address at Homo Sapiens Instagram or on Facebook at Homo Sapiens Podcast. Now, next week, let's talk about next week. We've got Paris Lees on. Paris Lees is a writer, writes for Vogue. She is a transgender activist, I suppose, although we talk a little bit in the interview about whether that is a title that she likes. And she's written a book called What It Feels Like for a Girl. And she was very much a big voice for the trans community over the past, you know, five to ten years. And she has put up with a lot of shit and she's gone through a lot. And her story is amazing of someone who was deep, deeply unhappy being a young trans kid who no one would talk to and was sort of ostracised at school and then has become this sort of incredible, glamorous Vogue writer. And she talks loads about like what that journey has been and so many surprising details and contexts of what it actually means. And she talks really interestingly about, she thinks a lot about this cis version of her and it's this woman who would have stayed living in her hometown. And actually by being trans, it meant that she had to leave town and go and live this extraordinary life. And she thinks a lot about who would be, I think she was sort of saying who would be happier out of those two people. I just thought it was a really uplifting, 
fascinating conversation with someone who thinks a lot and is I've always adored her and I met her I met her at a party weirdly I'd always been a real fan and I met her and um we just sort of connected and it was really nice me her and Ellen had a really lovely chat and so excited to see her book is out it's called what it feels like for a girl so go and have a read go and have a read of it I have not read it yet um I will be be tapping her up for a copy um as ever listeners this has been a joy i've de-aged five years while i've been talking to you with that lovely delicious face mask on and it has been an utter pleasure to hear about your stories of dating apps and suggestions of how we can make it better let's think about more about that what more can we do i really appreciate you taking the time to write in to send in your voice notes please keep doing it it's hello at homosapienspodcast.com get in touch just say hi just say hi if you want to on at homo sapiens on instagram or on facebook at homo sapiens podcast so much love to you all thank you so much for listening and i must remember to do a selfie loads of love bye now small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded textured or tall Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Powered by Spirit Studios.